0: recorded live at toxin tasting studios it's the clerical Heirs podcast the podcast
1: that shows you what's behind the collar
0: let's go from the toxin tasting studios welcome to the clerical Heirs podcast I'm bull Hagan and I'm Berg. Vickers here
2: and I'm last year's news
0: wow surprise are you surprise.
2: Again? <laughs> speak up man the old model you know the 15.0
0: yeah, uh, Peter, uh, if you get a chance, uh, could you, uh, remind, we might have some new listeners, so <laughs> can you remind, uh, the audience, uh, uh, who this, this guy is, 15.0? You play the tribute.
2: <laughs> do you want me to play the whole thing? Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, no. All right, here it is. All right, all right, welcome to Clerical errors. Clerical errors. Clerical errors. Welcome to Clerical Heirs. I'm Vicar Baldwin. I'm Vicar Baldwin. Welcome to Clerical Errors. Welcome to Clerical I'm Pastor Baldwin. Someday, hey. hey. <clears throat> Clerical Errors. Yes. Welcome to Clerical Errors, where we discuss errors. Vicar, <clears throat> what are you doing? Oh, hey, hey, Pastor. Um, are you you know, recording? What's going on? I didn't think so. Are, are these on? They're on. Oh. All <laughs> right.
0: Peter, play the intro. Well, you know, I really didn't have a chance to whether to get the vicar involved because he's like he passed me. What you doing? (laughs) You're gonna do a podcast. Oh So I'm like, okay, how can I get him involved without him screwing everything up again? Just remember
3: this sets the standard for every other vicar ever
0: Uh, We have this uh, really fancy app. We have what's called a hey vicar app. I'm gonna warn you It has a few bugs it gets the job done. It gets the job done. So, for example, hey, vicar, what's the
2: temperature outside? Um, well, let, let me see here. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, it's it's. Uh, oh, it's six degrees. Wow. Hey, how about
0: that? Wow. So this is going great. All right. Very first, stellar, first uh, work. First uh, time at this, and you limped in with that. We're we're proud of you, vicar.
2: Hey there, Vicker 15 here, just a quick word to all our listeners, a sort of updated terms and conditions, if you will. As you've no doubt figured out by now, much of this podcast involves joking around, giving each other a hard time, and whatnot. Everyone on here is sort of a caricature of themselves in the real world. Part of that involves giving the stereotypical oblivious vicar a little bit of a hard time now and again. Please be assured that this is all in good fun, none of it's serious. And, on the off chance you think what I get is rough, remember that Pastor Bolhagen has to endure every single rough draft of my sermons. That's no small thing. Anyways, that's all I've got, so click accept, sit back, and enjoy the show.
4: Vicar, you mind, uh you mind showing me your notes?
2: Notes? Show them to you?
4: Why, why is this just a picture of a cat?
2: <laughs> oh, well, you know, cat. And then I was like, ism? I don't know how you draw that.
0: Part of that, he's wearing a Calvin and Hobbes t-shirt.
2: Well, yeah, man. Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> was, you know, it's an election shirt too, so.
0: Vicar brought our beverage today. He's got uh, a package of a coffee entitled Burly Man Coffee. How did you brew this, this coffee? In a coffee pot. I thought maybe with Burly Man Coffee, you do it in a, a campfire. Like I ground the beans with a hammer, I just went out
2: and smashed
4: them over and over and over. <laughs> and I
2: screamed at them. But we also have sugar, half and half. And in case the coffee's a little too burly for you, S'mores Limited Edition International Delight Creamer.
0: Holy oh, nuts. yeah. Wow. You know what, Vicar, it tastes like coffee.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: Oh, well done. <laughs> So I've got my 12, and the reason why I have 12 is Vicar. Hey, Vicar, uh, what's the significance of 12 in the Bible? 12 in the Bible. He has to Google Uh, it.
5: uh,
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) Completion? All right, completion. Like, how many disciples are there?
2: Twelve.
0: How many apostles are there? Twelve. Uh, How many tribes with Israel?
2: Twelve.
0: Wrong. Thirteen. 13. Uh. <laughs> uh, Vicar, um, what do you? Now that you've got our cups here, what do you know about sake?
2: Well, uh, it's made from rice, and my wife and I had some on our honeymoon. That was pretty good stuff. Oh. We drank it out of uh, it's like wooden boxes. So I didn't have any of those. <laughs> sorry.
3: Man, yeah, I guess. What? How poor were you? <laughs> if
2: you're
0: listening at home, one thing you didn't expect to learn about today is about how Vicar spends his honeymoon in a wooden box <laughs> drinking sake. Can, can I just stop you for a minute? Sorry. No. It's getting a little Well, too. I'm really trying to concentrate, but then I see Vicar. He's playing with his shoe. What on earth are you doing?
3: <laughs> he's looking for snakes.
0: <laughs> he, he has his shoe off. It's in his hands, and he's look looking at it like it's a puppy. What, what are you doing? Vicar, what are you doing? <laughs> uh oh. yeah I don't know we had a thing going e- yeah we were it was a
3: beautiful board. moment oh. and ruined
0: what well, <laughs> he was playing with your shoe how old are you <laughs> hey hey uh, hey vicar what does a porpoise sound like
2: <laughs> I'd have no idea Please.
0: yeah do comparison do <laughs> comparison I want to hear comparison
4: here's a porpoise hmm <laughs> <laughs> Now here's a here's a dolphin. All right.
0: <laughs>
4: Pick out an animal. This is fun. A platypus. Hi hey,
2: kids, I'm Perry the Platypus.
4: You have kids, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, you have kids. I, mean, I do. They don't watch Perry the Platypus, whatever that is.
0: <laughs> koala bear, Vicar, What does the koala bear sound like? <laughs>
4: I
5: don't know. <laughs> okay.
4: Alright. So I like where so, this led. Honestly, that one was pretty close.
0: Uh, for our sticky nose today, um, uh, Berg and I will be suppressing our laughter. And uh, I would like to hear some animals laughing for our sticky nose today. <laughs>
5: <laughs> becker,
3: beaker, beaker.
0: So we'll start with an easy one. Uh <laughs> Hey, hyena. Do you remember this?
2: <laughs> remember this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna get a call.
0: <laughs> okay, hey uh fly.
3: <laughs> what is that even?
0: That's a that's a fly that, that bites you, gets get some sort of a disease
2: in Africa.
4: Okay, yeah. but you're asking him to make a noise of a fly? Yep. So he he fly. Do you remember this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, so how about you got one you got one bird there? Well, you you went with fly. Let's go with elephant. Okay. Hey, uh Well, let's go. how about this? Elephant's too easy. Because he knows what an elephant <laughs> sounds like. Elephant's too easy. <laughs> but, but, it, but does he know what a woolly mammoth sounds like?
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> See? Hey, woolly mammoth, do you remember this?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: what a train wreck.
2: <laughs> so does it bring back some more memories? Oh, more memories, tears, you know, all that. This is a good time.
0: Is it kind of weird to be, like, staring 16.0 in the face right now?
2: <laughs> it is a it is an improvement, you know. What, what can I say?
0: We, we like this vicar so much that we got him his own microphone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it is pretty. And there's a lot less duct tape on his headphones, too. So that's kind of cool.
3: And how you been, Berg? Oh, just living the dream.
0: Living the dream. Well, I brought a drink. Ooh. I brought a drink. It is a... Uh, from of course where do I like to buy my drinks from Aldi Aldi okay right? <laughs> and this is uh called quarter cut all right it is bourbon
2: barrel aged wine ah oh, very good so mm. sounds yummy maybe is yummy something you use if you're a sommelier is that in wine terminology th-
3: that is the uh th- that, <laughs> that is the strict definition right
2: so, so as
0: I get this open, uh, 15.0, uh, how's uh, seminary life treating you?
2: Oh. I. Just, it's rough.
0: <laughs> isn't that last
2: year, Sam? It's rough. Right, I'm writing book reports. Like, uh I don't, you know. Trying to shift your brain back into that is, is has been a, a challenge. But looking forward to next year. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even like June. I guess it'd be this there. year.
0: I'm getting in there. Hey, there we go.
2: Listen
0: to that. All right. Ooh, that smells good. Here, Rick, are you want to divvy that out for me?
2: <laughs> I'm so lazy.
3: <laughs> yeah, so for our listeners, what kind of classes are you taking at the seminary?
2: Uh, so this quarter, I've got uh, Psalms, um, Theological Ethics, Medieval Church History, and the final, uh, it's Homiletics 3, it's the final preaching course that they have you take.
3: Okay, so, nice.
2: Yeah, it's wide variety, so it's been pretty interesting so far.
0: Well, this is our uh, first real episode of the new year, right? It is. And uh, one thing uh, we need to do is, um, well, we've got to clean out our answering machine. <laughs> Uh-oh. So uh, um, I, I think what I'll do is, it's going to be too much to play all these at once. So I think we'll just scatter them throughout the show if you don't mind. So uh, so I'll uh, play the first message here that we should maybe hear and maybe respond to.
6: At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options.
1: Hello? Is this Pastor Bolegan? Can you hear me? can you hear me
6: at the tone please record your message when you have finished recording you may hang up or press one for more options
1: hello say uh pastor uh ball Hagen, is that how you say your name i have found this amazing coincidence because uh uh you mentioned you had a great uncle that had four kidneys in your uh, last program and uh what an amazing coincidence because I had a great aunt, my great aunt Laverne, and she had four kidneys too. Wow! And at amazing. the time she was Ill, said to be the only person in the country that had four four kidneys. So what a, an amazing coincidence, I would say. Well, anyway, uh, that's not why I called. But did I hear right that Pastor Berg is a vegan? Is that true? I, I was thinking, is that uh, some kind of no. astrological sign or something like that? But I don't think he'd go for that. So I thought I'd try to get myself up to date. And I thought, well, maybe he's named after the star Vega. Or maybe he drove a Chevy Vega. And he was so fond of it that he thought of, he associated himself with it. But I, I did a little research. I'm not like pastors who don't want to look anything up and just, you know, wing it, you know, want to believe people ask something, but I looked it up, and I found out that a vegan is like a vegetarian, only he's worse, and I remember after the flood, it was in Genesis uh, chapter 9, when the Lord said to uh, Noah, anything that moves is food for you, Well, so it's like he was saying, animals beware, you move a muscle, and you're going to be dinner tonight, you know, so... Animals are the way to to go, too, as far as eating. So I just thought I'd mention that. And just one tip for these uh, vegans or vegans or something, and and that is, just listen to this. You know these so-called meatless burgers? They taste just like beef. And you know why they taste like beef? It's because they have meat juice in them. (laughs) Now, meat juice is a polite way of saying fat because that's where the flavor is in the beef, and for fat is cholesterol. So I, con- I consulted a nutrition chart on this, and it turned out that regular burgers have l- less cholesterol than veggie burgers. And so it's actually that beef burgers are safer to eat. And so I think of regular meat burgers as God's way to do it. Okay, that's all I had to say, so goodbye.
3: So uh, Berg, clear the air for us. Um, I, I mean, how crazy have our shows gotten? Because I, <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so so clear the air. Uh, rumors are swirling now it's, about it's true. About you. I, Would you? Just I, clear I have to
3: dispel them, right? I love meat. I eat meat all the time. So so, listener, if you
0: could just not be part of the rumor mill, that's where rumors get started. He, i've seen him do it i've seen him eat meat so so uh yeah i'm not boy he went on for a while with that too but
4: it uh, yeah, was a good theological point <laughs> i think that took up like 50 percent of our space on the answer machine yeah i know <laughs> just that one
0: right that's why we don't advertise our phone number too often so uh, what are you preaching on <laughs>
3: um you don't know what to say do you i don't you're speechless Um, yeah i yeah (laughs) anyway um well are you preaching this sunday or (laughs) yeah you bet yeah so well i'm preaching on the the holy innocence okay from matthew 2
0: yes from matthew chapter 2 uh 13 through 23 so you're doing the sunday after new year yeah, I'm right. doing the actually it's technically the second Sunday after Christmas. Right. Right. And uh just the the stark reality of, you know, we still got a little bit of that Christmas joy left in us, and then you get this this account of the death of the the little ones who kinda really um take a uh you know take a the sword that was meant for Jesus. Mhm. And uh a reminder of the hostility towards the gospel and the gift that God gave us in his son. And a reminder that, uh, that uh, to me, how fragile it all was when, when God sent his son. Mm-hmm. You know,
3: he has to flee to Egypt. You know, those days after Christmas, you know, or in the Christmas season are actually a little depressing because, oh, hey, Jesus is born. The 26th, we, we celebrate St. Stephen's right. Day, right? Where you have you know, the first martyr of the Christian church who was rocked to sleep, <laughs> literally, right? And so he's a martyr in word and deed. And then you've got uh, the next day, the 27th, St. John the Theologian, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who is a martyr in um, in spirit, but really not because he's the he's the only apostle that actually uh, dies a natural death, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, the twenty eighth uh, is the day for Holy innocence, right? And they mm-hmm. are martyrs, not so much in spirit as they are in, in just in deed, right? Right. So.
0: And and, uh, and when you think about uh, the fact that uh, how as horrible it is as it is, you know, of Herod um, seizing all those children two year two years old and, and younger, it didn't work. And as fragile as as it was of Jesus being an infant child, having to flee to to Egypt, God's plan of salvation was still carried out. It kind of reminds me of uh, when uh, God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. You know, there's so much promise in that, that God sent his son, and, and it was a long time coming, that Abraham believed that even if he was to sacrifice his own son, that God would raise him up. And although it seems like a very tenuous situation for the infant Jesus, God was still carrying out his plan. And we may deal with all sorts of things that might cause us to question what's going on in this world, but yet uh, the plan of salvation keeps rolling.
3: That's a great way to say, Merry Christmas, right? (laughs) Yeah. I'm uh, taking a little different tact um, because in that same passage, uh, we hear the prophet uh, prophet Hosea, um, uh, and out of Egypt I have called my son. And I've always been fascinated by that in Matthew, and so um, I'm actually preaching on Hosea uh, chapter eleven, verses one through nine, and uh, it's really quite amazing um, because it begins with when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Right, mm-hmm. um, and yet they they fail. Right, they they go after the other uh, gods, they go after carved images, uh, they forsake the Lord, even though. Um, you have just this beautiful, tender language uh, that just preaches itself. I mean, the Lord says, I taught Ephraim to walk, I took them by the arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I drew them with gentle cords, with bands of love. I wa- and I was to them as those who take the yoke from their neck. I stooped and fed them. What a beautiful uh, sentiment, right? right? And yet, despite this, um, they reject God's love. Uh, but then it, in verse 8, it, it becomes even more plaintive. You just see the, the wonderful love that God has for his people. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? And how can I make you like Adma? Adma is one of the towns that was destroyed with Sodom and Gomorrah, right? How can I set you up like uh, Zeboim? My heart churns within me. My sympathy is stirred. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. Right. Mm-hmm. And God makes this promise that he will not destroy Ephraim, even though they have forsaken him. And so what does he do? Out of Egypt, I have called my son. Right. Mm-hmm. He executes the fierceness of his anger against his own son so that we might be spared.
0: It's beautiful. It's Beautiful. And uh, that, that's the thing about uh, you mentioned the kind of depressing the readings of Christmas. But but it's reality. It is, you know. When you deal with two things, uh, the righteousness of God and the sinful of humanity, on the opposite sides of the spectrum, on this earth we have those both those worlds at work, and uh, consequences are pretty horrible sometimes. But yet, mm-hmm. yet uh, uh, the seed of the woman, uh, out of Egypt, God calls the son, and uh, and saves us. So, yeah. Uh,
3: Hopefully, you know our vicar emeritus won't ever have to do what Hosea was made to do by God you know everybody loves object lessons right mm-hmm. well if you read Hosea chapter one it's uh kind of a interesting <laughs> object lesson right because vicar emeritus what does God tell Hosea to do
2: well it it's uh that's where he's uh God tells him to take a wife of whoredom is that the language that uh
3: I like the King James the only authorized version that's right, right?
2: Right, a wife who will not be faithful to him and to have children by her, and then she leaves him anyway. And then he is to go redeem her, and and uh, yeah, so his And what marriage, are the
3: kids' yeah. names? I think that's my not, favorite. My,
0: not my son, is it? Yeah, not my people,
2: <laughs> not, not my, loved, not no my mercy people, <laughs> isn't one of them, <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> right? See, this is what happens is that people start reading the first chapter, and then they'll be like, oh, this is all just law, I'm not gonna read it anymore, but you got to keep reading. Gotta that's, keep the same, reading. that's the same thing, too, with sermons. Keep listening, right? Because if you didn't get through chapter 1, you won't get to chapter 11, which is just beautiful. Well, maybe I shouldn't just refer to the vicars
0: as numbers anymore. Maybe I should take Hosea's lead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so am I not loved or no mercy? I mean,
0: um, We'll save that for when you leave.
2: <laughs> Next episode.
0: <laughs> Anything to add 16.0? No right. I mean, I the, mean, the dueling vicar apps. This is amazing.
3: <laughs> we should have done a bit with the dueling Vickers.
0: Yeah. Well, well, my well, creative they, juices were not
3: they weren't at optimal
0: levels. So I would like, uh, before we continue with the top 12 list, I would like to do a little bit of a preview. Okay. Um, uh, next uh, episode won't be our normal episode. Okay. I'm, I'm trying something new. And, and uh, what it is, is uh, is this. I'm Uh, we've mentioned many times that I've been, I've done a lot of funerals, right? Yep. In fact, uh, I've had a couple just this past week again Mm -hmm. of of very faithful Christians. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I've mentioned on the podcast before I miss them and I miss their stories of faith and I miss their examples of faith to me as a pastor Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and so I wanted to do something that uh almost for self therapy like I do sometimes on the podcast, right? Self care. Self care, right? Um maybe not so many sound effects. This is like the opposite direction of sound effects. Did you hear that that uh 15.0? Uh,
2: I I don't even know what's coming. Yeah. Opposite of sound effects. Okay.
0: Yeah. Did you hear that episode? The sound effects? Man, he has been studying way too mm. hard. <laughs> I mean, are you going to learn more at the seminary than you are going to listen listening to podcast? I mean, podcast? the
3: thing is, is like, and this is free. This, yeah, this That's is a true. public service.
2: This is right. a, yeah, and, uh, well, if you'll sit on my placement committee, you know, then uh, well.
0: <laughs> so, so that being said, um, what I did was is as I figured, I miss those voices. They have a lot of things to value that I have heard over the years, right? Mm-hmm. And and I miss I miss what they try to say, and so. This upcoming episode is a chance for me to So, you know what? I'm going to we have opportunity with technology to record and save some of these voices. Right? Yeah. And to hear some things and give them a voice of of what they might say to to us and and generations that follow. So So I will go ahead and and play uh play this for you.
5: I don't have to earn my way to heaven. Uh I always remember Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It's by grace you have been saved. It's not anything you do. God gives this to you freely. And uh, you do not have to earn your way to heaven. God gives it to us. And he sent his son to uh, bear, his, bear the sins of all of us for that purpose and we should appreciate that. Uh, I know I talked with another friend from church and she said, the Lutherans really don't know how well off they are, because when you come from another denomination, you, you really don't realize the, the precious things that the Lutheran faith teaches you, that you don't have to work and, and appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it, because heaven is a wonderful place to look forward to.
0: When you're a pastor, you meet wonderful people of faith. And oftentimes you are humbled. Any pastor I know would say the same thing. We're humbled by the faith of the people we visit with. We hear stories about trusting in God in times of war, economic stress, or loss. We see examples of love of a husband and wife that are extraordinary We hear words of wisdom and simple trust that they have in the Word of God. And then just like that, they're called to be with Jesus. I miss hearing those voices of faith. It also makes me sad that in some cases, these voices of faith now sing in glory in the presence of Jesus. But here on this earth, are no longer heard. As I've been working on the Clerical Heirs podcast, I realized I can do something about that. And today is my first attempt to preserve these voices, these enduring voices of faith. This is Melba.
5: Oh, uh, how are you today?
0: She's the one that's playing the piano behind me. And this is her story.
3: Yeah, that'll be awesome. Well Different. done. Well done. Different, yeah.
2: right? Oh, in, in a very good way, I think. What yes. do you think about
0: the concept of this?
2: You know? Like you say, just to, to let our audience get to benefit from the wisdom that, you know, you and Vicar and myself and probably even Pastor Burke have got to, to hear. I think that's wonderful.
0: And uh, and I actually noticed as soon as you heard the voice, uh, uh, 15.0 and 16.0, their, their eyes just kind of lit up. Right. So, so it's a you know it's a kind of an interesting thing that i i I thought I'd try and do, so um uh please uh, when you get that new episode next week, uh please share it, get the word out. It's something I don't think you'll hear other places so yeah, in
7: and I feel like in in our society today, the voice of the elderly, the voice of wisdom, isn't heard, it's not heard in what's being broadcast on t v um, it's not heard in pop culture. It's not really even heard in uh, the movies. You know, all the actors want to appear younger and younger, mm-hmm. um, kind of young and reckless. But
0: and there is a little bit of a generational thing, I think, going on right now in culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you say Berg? Yep. So. So uh, that that's a uh, look for for that uh, next time. Awesome. So that, uh, actually, now that we, we've taken the wisdom of uh, of that person, uh, uh, let's all also make fun of another old person. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear another message, Berg? I know you do. I do. I know you do. All right.
6: At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options.
1: Now, I heard this in the same program as I heard the other... Uh, if he was talking about keys, uh, that, uh, that hymns, hymns are in minor keys, and that those minor key hymns are more ponderous and heavier and are more serious. But I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that minor key hymns are better at all. For example, minor keys are harder for lay people to sing. And I would add, minor keys are harder for pastors to sing, too, because I was listening to you guys singing, O oh, Rejoice Ye Christians Loudly, and you changed the key about four different times while you were singing the hymn, and the vicar wasn't any help either, so they're not all that easy to sing. And meanwhile, I think of the, the, uh, the hymn, Of the Father's Love Begotten, it's based on, a. Tw- I got this from the old hymnal back in the 40s and 50s. You know, I think of that as God's hymnal. And the others are all phony. The- but it's, uh, of the Father's love be God. You must know that one. I'm it's actually a 12th agree. century. It says it's a plain song. I suppose that means that you sing it kind of plainly. But it's 450 years older than, "All oh, you rejoice, you Christians, loudly. And guess what? It's in a major key not a minor key. And so I would maintain that uh, even with more lighthearted songs, minor key songs can be happy too. Like What Child Is This? Which is alias Green Sleeves, of course. That's in a minor key. Or how about God Rest You Merry Gentlemen? That's in a minor key. And even in the secular world, there are a lot of happy things in minor key. And I'll just give you a couple examples. "Hernando's Hideaway. You know, you can use the doxology for it, you know, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. You get the idea. Or how about Midnight in Moscow? That's a happy song that's in a minor key. Or when Frankie Lane sang the theme song to the Western uh, series Rawhide, that was in a minor key. So you guys could keep your minor key and act all <laughs> superior to us, but I'm telling you the next reformation that comes along, I'm going to be singing a mighty fortress, which is in a major key. That's all I have to say. So goodbye.
0: <laughs> you look, you look befuddled. I don't feel so ADD now. <laughs> 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 all right. There's, there's, there's one more that's longer. We'll play that at the end. Cause it just gets way too long. All right. So um, I'm going to fast forward. To, to one more one more message just so, so I can clear out this box, all right? Sounds good. I'm not sure what he means by this, but we'll find out.
6: At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options.
1: Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A. Closed on Sunday, you're you my Chick-fil-A. Hold the selfies, put the gram away. Get your family, y'all, hold hands and pray. When you got daughters, always keep them safe. Watch out for vipers, don't let them indoctrinate. Closed on Sunday, Here my Chick-fil-A. You're my number one with the lemonade. Raise our sons, train them in the faith. Through temptations, make sure that they're wide awake. Follow Jesus, listen and obey. No more living for the culture. We nobody's slave.
3: Was that in a minor key?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Berg, you, you look confused. Like, why did I come in today? Are you all right?
2: I... What you... <laughs>
3: I got nothing. <laughs>
0: Peter, you got anything for us?
3: Uh, I don't know. <laughs>
0: what do you have, fifteen Anything?
3: What is the Vicar thinking?
0: What is Vicar? What are you thinking? I'm thinking about this cabernet, and how good it is. <laughs> yeah, what... we never talked about it. It's good. That's where I'm Boy, at. Why the right show's now. all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> this is this could be one of our worst episodes ever. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. It's Claire Claire's.
4: There's a good question for you. If we had a worst besides today, of course, if there was a worst episode of Claire Claire's podcast, which one is it? Episode one.
0: Yeah, episode one's a little cringeworthy.
4: You think? I haven't gone back and listened to it since it came out.
0: It starts off starts off with me going, oh, this is so awkward. <laughs>
2: That's right, it does, doesn't it? <laughs>
4: We've we've come a long way.
0: Yeah, up to this point at least.
4: <laughs> I do remember that first episode taking me about a year to edit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel for you, man.
2: <laughs> the morning episode took a little bit to get yeah. off the ground. Anyway, that right? Was, that was a little different.
0: So, listener, if you have a favorite moment of the show that you liked, you can you can uh, submit uh, uh Lila.
3: Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying so hard to make you laugh, Berg. <laughs> Vicar, where where can they uh, where can they write into us?
7: So they can email us feedback at clericalairs dot org. They can find us on Facebook uh, at the Clerical Heirs page or on Twitter at clericalairs p for podcast. Or find us on any of those podcast apps as you listen to us as you wash your dishes.
3: We would also appreciate reviews too. So yes. if you can give us five stars, that'd be awesome.
0: And uh, share, a, share an episode on on Facebook or Addisborough on My Twitter. My dad just did that on Facebook.
7: Did he? Yeah, in a comment on a post. He put in the Clerical Heirs
3: page. Nice.
7: Yeah, to someone in North Dakota. So we'll see if and our so, hits in North Dakota. Goal. And so,
3: hey, if you don't give us five stars, that's fine. But uh, if you have criticism hopefully of the constructive sort, you know, you can email us at the places mentioned above. Hey, so,
0: we're yeah. not afraid of our mistakes, right? We just let an old man grumble at us for a long time. I
2: mean, we have errors in the name of the podcast, right. right?
0: Right, right. We're not afraid to make mistakes here. All right? And this episode is example numero uno. Uh,
3: <laughs> Probably not the first one. But
0: <laughs> top 12
7: numbers.
4: Hey, and uh, and remember that, uh, as like Pastor Bulligan started to say, um... If you want to give us your favorite moments, we'll be doing uh, top 12 favorite moments in a month or so. So yeah. uh, send us your favorite the, moments. Uh, at. Were we going to go uh, with the,
0: the Talks and Tasties Award?
4: <laughs> the Tasties? Yeah. So email us those favorite <laughs> moments. Give a, give me an episode and a timestamp uh, and send that to favorite moments at org, and we'll get that on the list.
0: All right. Well... That brings us – you know what? I'm going to make a, an executive decision here, all right? Uh, that uh, I was going to do a top 12 list on temptation, and I just don't think this is the episode for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I... where we might take this.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you're right.
0: <laughs> so, so why don't we do a Bible, Bible study? So, Peter, play the intro. Do you have impaired concentration? Then this is for you. It's the Impaired Concentration Bible Study.
1: One verse, one verse only.
0: Hey, 15.0. What do you think about
2: that music? I do love it. I do love it. I mean, I miss this part, of, this part of my life, you know. Speak up. <laughs> <laughs> I you can't want to raise... to be like m- here or not? <laughs> I'm used to raising my hand now, you know. They've got that drilled back into me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know why am I meaner to this, Vicar, than... I'm so much meaner to 15.0 than I am 16.0. Did anybody else notice that? You said it was his love language. <laughs> that is true. This is true, yeah. That <laughs> is true. That is true. <laughs> I know what your love language is, but I am i can't reveal that right now. I'm, I'm still working it, so. I can't let you know all my secrets. Berg, what's your love language? <laughs>
3: uh, love is a four-letter word. <laughs>
0: All right, says a so, married uh,
3: man. It's true. My wife adores me. <laughs> Boom. What
0: did you? What's your secret? How did you do that? Everyone wants hey, to know.
3: You know, I, I know, right? So, but like you said, there's some things that you know. <laughs> All right, Peter, spin the wheel.
4: All right, we got Mark ten. Verse
0: fifty-two. Hey, let's. I want to see which which uh, app gets it faster. And Jesus said
7: to him, "Go your way. Your faith has made you well." And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way.
0: All right. So, obviously, the conclusion of which uh, healing uh, is that obviously a blind man. Blind man. Bird's laughing at me again. Bartimaeus. Is that blind Bartimaeus? What's a bird? <laughs> You contribute nothing, and you just laugh. Been... <laughs> you just look at us. Am I okay? Fifteen point and sixteen point oh. You have an, an opportunity to speak up. <laughs> he, he doesn't con- contribute that much, and then when he does, it's just he just looks at us like our hair's on fire. Are you all right tonight? I'm fine. Okay. So, Berg, take it away. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's a healing narrative. <laughs> um well, what can I contribute here? Um Well faith. The, 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 uh, what Jesus says to him isn't exactly translated right. Your faith has made you well should actually be your faith has saved you. Oh. Um, which is very different. Um it's not so much about, the uh, just the physical wellness, but it's faith actually does save. It can save in a physical sense like it does here. Um, but faith saves in a much greater sense. Uh, it saves the soul. Right. Um, and this is what we see is that this man re- re- recovers his sight and then it says he follows Jesus. Right. Um, I don't know about the parallel passages, but I think this comes like right after, um, you know, right after Jesus uh, has condemned the Pharisees for their blindness and also the disciples, because Jesus tells them very plainly where he is going. Uh, he's going to Jerusalem to die, to suffer, and then be raised again. But this is hidden from them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this man, who's blind, sees farther than they do. Um, so it, once again, it gets down to what the nature of faith is, and that faith's effect, Facts. I think that's the bigger thing because a lot of people treat faith today as if it's like grist for the mill or gasoline for the car. One of the big shows now is uh, American Gods. You guys watch ne- Neil Gaiman came up with it a number of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, it's about uh, how these uh, these deities are in America and that these deities actually get their power from human faith as if faith was just had some sort of power in and of itself as if it was some sort of spiritual coal that they can burn for their mm. for their machines but that's not what faith is right there is no power in faith as faith faith simply clings to the object it's like the chain that connects the ship to the anchor so and uh i hadn't heard that is that
0: is that a recent tv show
3: yeah uh stars has put it on um and so it's a very, very famous book. Um, you see the same thing in Terry Pratchett Discworlds with his novel Small Gods. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important for us to realize that, you know, these thoughts are out there where, um, especially in fiction, that people's faith actually creates these gods and feeds them. Mm-hmm. And it's good it's, for it's us. Kind of
0: like, I think you sometimes see this in worship where worship can tend in some circles to, to appear as though, as though you're helping God with this self-esteem. Right. You know, you're great. You're great. You're great. You're holy. You're wonderful.
3: Right. <laughs> what, what's that uh, Monty Python one? Oh, Lord. Ooh, you are so big. So incredibly huge. We're all really impressed down here, you know. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, say, forgive us this, our dreadful toadying and base flattery. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Faith has no power in and of itself. And we know this because if you walk, if you have faith that the ice is going to hold, but your faith is founded on false premises, Mm -hmm. you're going to fall through the ice. Your faith isn't going to keep you up, right? And I think, especially today, uh, in light of just a lot of these things, um, you've got decision theology, which, well, not just decision theology, but prosperity theology, where if you just have enough faith, right, God has to do this stuff for you right it's almost like forcing god to do things for you right or um it's just the saddest case did we talk about this before about that um dead 2-year-old and this church prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed that the that god would raise this kid from the dead
0: no i haven't heard that yeah
3: i mean this was a this was a real big deal right and you know they've been taught for years well if you just have enough faith You know, you can move mountains. If you just have enough faith, you can do this. And it's destructive because faith can't coerce God. Faith has no power in itself. Faith is the thing that connects us to God, right, to the true power, right? right? And so moving from this relativistic and subjective sort of thinking to the objective value of things like the sacraments or offices, because that's an even that's an even bigger one in our society today too. So
0: well, I, I think you're right in the sense that uh, you know faith is is, uh, is kind of taught like this too. That faith is in a way a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you can believe you can do it, you're more likely to be able to do it. And so the faith is is viewed sometimes as the, the power and the instrument that that gets things done rather than the God who who does them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Because faith actually says, "I am weak." Faith actually says, I repent of my sins. Right. You know, faith says, you just read the Psalms, you know. You could see every one of them doesn't talk about their own strength or their own strength to believe. It's all about these Psalms of faith are in who God is and, and how he saves.
3: Which is why I think you see this reaction in Lutheranism now that doesn't want to talk about faith very much. And I think that's wrong too. Mm-hmm. I think that's an overreaction. But I think the the reaction of wanting to— Focus faith on what is objective is very, very important. Right. You know, this blind man trusted that Jesus not only had the power to heal him, right, mm-hmm. but that he also had the desire to heal him too. And so the the object of this man's faith, and faith here means trust. That is what faith is. Faith is the confident trust in the promises of the gospel.
0: Well, I want to apologize, Berg. I said you hadn't contributed much yet, so. So. <laughs> you have. The end. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, it's up to you, uh, 15.0 and 16.0. What's next?
2: Oof. <laughs> uh, punt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why don't we? Uh, actually, I'm going to refer to 16.0 because he had – some kind of, like a news that bothers Berg type of thing, so, that you wanted to bring up. Am I wrong?
7: Oh, yeah, sure. Um,
0: Peter, play the intro. There's fake news, there's real news, then there's real news that Berg wishes was fake. It's time to hear news that bothers Berg.
7: So it's recently come up in uh, the Washington Post, specifically that United Methodist Church is mm-hmm. going to be splitting um, by, uh, they're going to meet in, in their church uh, council, their church gathering, and they're going to form uh, two distinctly different church bodies. Um, and I guess it it is a news, I'm sure, that bothers Berg, um, the schisms that happen in the church, but perhaps uh, it doesn't bother you completely. Um, I'm not sure. From what I, from what I understand,
0: yeah. both both sides are pretty pleased with this idea. Right.
7: Mm-hmm. It's a
3: compromise. Yeah. I mean, it's never it's never a it's never a desirable thing. Right. To have to part ways. I mean, but I think they're finally being honest. I'm glad that there's not the hypocrisy of saying that, you know, we believe the same thing when we really don't. Right. Um you know, but what what makes
0: me sad about it is is this is is this is a basically comes down to I'm guessing sexuality mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, right? And what makes me sad about it is this is it kind of cuts the chance to to bring that church body back. You know what I mean? It it uh, you know when when you have it them in the same group, you always kind of hope that maybe the group that that holds to, to the biblical truth will somehow wrestle that church back and and when you split it basically says it's not going to happen you know it's kind of like this if if uh, you have two brothers and uh and and they really are good for each other and one is really trying to 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 help his brother and and help uh, bring his brother back and and the one says well it's not going to work it's time that we go our separate ways in a sense, you're basically cutting off the one brother's chance to bring the other back, and that's what I don't like about it. Is uh, is that aspect because it's it it kind of you lose hope in in, in the, the the part that has rejected the Bible. You know what I mean? It,
3: that, I I do I I don't know.
0: Yeah, you know, not that we had a lot of a lot of use faith, a lot of trust that that would happen.
3: Yeah, I mean I I do think we should adhere to Paul's words you know, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Right. You know, I'm, I mean, I just look at Ahab, right? Ahab was a weak man. He kind of understood, you know, there are times when he repents. And I'm sure that when he married Jezebel, he thought, well, I can convert her, I can convert her, I can convert her. Right. And she ends up bringing him down with her. Right. You know, same thing with Jehoshaphat. I mean, you look at after he... Uh, Mary, you know, marries his son into that lion, um, things just get really, really bad. Um, you look at Genesis, right, where the uh, the the Sethites, the sons of God, marry the daughters of men who are the Cainites, right? Mm-hmm. And it all goes to heck, literally. I mean, the church numbers eight people at that point. And so, I don't know, I... Yeah, me my, my, my me saying that is is this
0: is obviously if we were in that position we'd have been gone a long time ago mm-hmm. you know but at the same time you know i think you're right it's just that that part of of it of just it's 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 not comfortable for me because i had a care from for the lost yeah the thing but is, is but you got to do it
3: yeah i mean and sometimes these things um even though they might be harsh It might be a harsh medicine, you know, but hopefully it will cause a few people to wake up. I mean, I just look at the ELCA, right, Um, and how far they have fallen from the truth and how much worse it's gotten because you did have these pastors. And the thing is, is that, you know, all of these pastors have to ask themselves the questions. Why are you staying? Is it to make the good confession or is it because of the pension? And the health insurance,
0: mm-hmm.
3: right? If that's why you're staying, then you're a hypocrite, and you need to repent, right? And that's that's a big thing, right? I it's sad, at the same time. If sometimes you have to cut off the the gangrene, you yeah. know. And I I just you know, and you hope people will repent. Um, but I know I wouldn't want my kids exposed to it. Right. I wouldn't want them in the Methodist Church, for a lot of reasons. Um, and this isn't a denominational thing, but, you know, um, but, you know, just because it is false doctrine and I mean, I wouldn't want my kids exposed to this and, uh, you know, so I don't know. It's going to be a
7: significant, uh, shift in the religious landscape in America. Cause this is a third largest, uh, mainline Christian denomination in America. And uh, there's like 16 million members. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: well, and I so. look at like Hermann Sasse. He's a, not Ben Sasse, Sassy, huh. right? But Hermann Sasse is a German theologian, and he was a historian. He writes about uh, the Presbyterians in, oh, when was it? In the 1800s. And it was a period called the Great Disruption when a number of, a whole bunch of uh conservative Presbyterians actually left their synod. They left their churches. They didn't have church buildings. They left their, their parsonages, which they call manses. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they went out, they went out on their own, trusting in the word of God and their denomination. That breakoff grew exponentially because they were faithful. And I, I think historically that is a, a good lesson for us to follow. Right. Right. so, now, of course, they get reabsorbed, and then it all goes to heck, but, you know. Yeah. So, but so, so it goes, right? Yep. This is why the church always has to reform herself, because, you know, and reform herself by by God's word. Right. All right. Uh, that
0: brings us to Confound the Clerics.
2: Hey, Peter, play the intro. Confound the
4: Clerics. All right. Well, this week, we got a question from Hannah. She says, hello, clerics. Have you heard of or met any charismatic Catholics? That's not to say uh, they're just, uh, you know, good Catholics or whatever, or like nice guys that are also Catholics. Aw,
3: dang. That's what Capital I C, thinking.
4: charismatic Catholics.
3: <laughs> Vicar, what does charismatic mean? I'm going to have to look this up. Oh. Uh, Vicar emeritus go look it it up look it up uh,
2: charis which is gift so charismatics you know those who believe they're still receiving spiritual gifts as opposed to maybe cessationists
3: okay what is cessationism
2: cessationism you know those gifts like speaking in tongues miraculous healing were given to the early church to kind of establish you know the authority of their message but since then now that we have the bible in its fullness and the church is established we don't need those anymore
3: Okay. And where can our people go to read more about that? They could go to uh, Lutheran Encyclopedia. <laughs>
2: That's right. The uh, CTCR has some stuff on that. Uh, they,
3: uh, Doug Judish actually has a wonderful pamphlet called uh, An Evaluation of Charismatic Gifts, hmm. which is probably the best exegetical, which means that he breaks down the Greek. Oh, cool. Um, Where's that at? Uh, I think the seminary bookstore has it. So it is one of the best defenses— of... By
0: the way, where you go to, you ask that question, okay? Tell tell to the people how large the library of your institution actually is, and they might have it, Vic, or Vicar 15.0. Well, they have a lot of
2: books. They've got tables <laughs> and stuff.
3: There's some windows. Do you just look at the vultures? Lots of windows. Yeah, the, as, the as geese, they as they, they... stock the Greek students. Yeah,
2: right. The impending doom for finals. It's great. So. <laughs> charismatic catholics right right
0: to me it sounds like someone someone has to come up with a joke what do you call a charismatic catholic that's got to be a punchline somewhere all right you guys think about that we're going to come up with one by the end of the show all right to me i would say i have not met met one i believe that they're out there Mm -hmm. but uh i think the the problem with it is is there uh competing thoughts because if you're you're charismatic uh, their spiritual truth comes from the immediate, the immediate uh, Holy Spirit coming to you, giving you tongues, giving you gifts by which He tells you where you're going and what's going on. Right, mm-hmm. and in the Catholic, that's the Pope.
3: Right. It's really hard when the last three popes have like said that this is okay. Right. And that's because, as the Small Called Articles say. Um, the Pope is like the greatest enthusiast or fanatic that there is, right? Because as Luther says that he swallowed the, the Holy Spirit feathers and all, right? Actually, that's like the other, that's like the Zwackau prophets. But anyway, I think the same thing can be said of, of the papacy, right? Because it's not found, right? The Holy Spirit is not found in the Bible, right? The mm-hmm. Bible is this dark cave that needs to be illuminated by the magisterium. Right, and if the Pope is the successor of the apostles, why can't he give, or at least you know, validate, kind of like at parking, right? (laughs) You know, validate uh, these spiritual gifts. This isn't the first time this has happened either. I think the Franciscans actually did dealt with this in like the uh, 15th century, the 1400s, where you had this guy by the name of Joachim who believed that. The Old Testament was the age of the Father. The New Testament was the age of the Son. We're about to enter into the age of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, what were they called? Anybody know? Come on, you're in medieval.
2: All right, we're still in the 8th century, though. Uh, it's going oh, to bug me as soon as you say this.
3: <laughs> I, I don't remember, actually. Oh. So <laughs> I'm, My knowledge does come to an end.
0: Um, but i would I would say this i I mean you see it in in certain things where where um I think my guess is and this is purely my guess is is it comes a little bit from the uh the saints aspect of it because you know you'll find Catholics who well Mary all of a sudden spoke from a cloud yeah how is this any I,
3: different from the lady of Fatima or whatever right I mean right you where know.
0: You, you know you see Mary or you hear Mary's voice or you have these these miracles when you know a, a saint has to have a certain amount of miracles to be right. considered I, a saint you know
3: i went and prayed in front of this uh you know and, and it's just amazing i don't know if you guys have ever read the science fiction book a canicle for lebowitz it's amazing Anybody? it's a great book I, that's next yeah. on my list yeah. it should be because uh there's this uh nuclear war that happens in the 70s right and so the roman catholic church actually uh, you know it's kind of like um how the irish had all of these you know documents that they kept copying again mm-hmm. only they're doing it today with like mathematical formulas that they don't even understand right so this is taking place in like the texas desert and so uh, it goes through the the centuries and millennia that it takes for civilization to rebuild itself and these monks who are of the order of lebowitz are doing this right and so the first novella is really about how he gets canonized and it's all just a bunch of nonsense so i mean you know
0: and i I do think too part of it of the charismatic thing is this is i think a lot of those type of things come out when certain needs aren't getting met you know if you don't have certainty of salvation you're gonna find it in some way
3: right well and you know we're all built this way right mm -hmm. we don't actually want to believe by faith right we don't want we don't want to walk by faith we want to walk by sight
0: but, but, but if you, you know? if you have a system that says you don't know you know you don't know if you've have you've merited enough for your salvation and if you don't know maybe you'll find look for validation in and the the
3: god speaking to you and god but giving Luth- you a voice but lutherans do the same thing that's oh, yeah. the thing because the old adam is a he's an enthusiast right right he wants to go beyond the word of god and that's the thing, is that. Uh, that's why you know,
0: when you find more charismatic type Lutheran church, guess what gets downplayed? The sacraments. Right. Right.
3: Yep, that's the truth. So, but you know, this is this is the way it goes, right? Is and it's something a temptation that we all have to watch in ourselves because, you know, we all want a dream, we all want, you know, some super secret special gift, right? You know, and uh, it's not that way. So, we walk by faith and not by sight.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Hannah. You always have good questions. Hopefully, we answer them. But uh in in short, no, I haven't.
3: <laughs> I uh I Wikipedia it. So
0: <laughs> Why'd you do that? We got two Vicars here.
3: <laughs> Cuz I don't have Vicars around to Uh-oh. do, you know.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, this uh, should be concluding our show. Um, 15.0, any words of wisdom?
2: I'm afraid I still don't have any of those, as our you know listeners will attest.
0: Okay, you got only a few months left <laughs> before you're a pastor.
2: Maybe I'll have to be charismatic and hope for the best.
0: <laughs> All right.
3: <sighs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, that is a conclusion of our show. I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. I'm Vicker.
2: I'm 15. And Mayor. Wine always be aged in bourbon barrels.
0: Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast on Twitter at P for podcast or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.
6: At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options.
1: But uh, I like how you guys took the song, The 12 Days of Christmas, Christmas, and gave a uh, the new meaning to what the, the symbolism is there. Well, I, I looked this up, and it was a, originally a, a hymn with a Christian message in times when uh, teachers had to be careful what they taught about religion in the classroom. And so they teach religion by t- singing this in code. That, and uh, I, I looked it up, and I got the meanings for these here. The first day of Christmas is a partridge in a pear tree that stood for Jesus. It is said that a mother partridge is the only bird that will protect its young and die in the process. And of course, the partridge is in a tree. That might ring a bell with you too. The second day of Christmas is two turtle doves. That stands for the Old and New Testament. And the doves are known for providing a roadmap or direction for people. The three French hens are faith, hope, and love, you know, from 1 Corinthians uh, 13. The fourth day of Christmas, four calling birds are those four who call out the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The fifth day of uh, Christmas, my true love gave me five golden rings. That stands for, and I'm kind of partial, this is the five books of the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And it doesn't stand for the Olympics, by the way. And the sixth day of Christmas is uh, six geese of laying. Each of these stands for the six days of Christmas. So uh, each uh, egg is a day of creation, and that's when the world was hatched, as it were, by the power of God. The seventh day, seven swans of swimming, is the uh, seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, and compassion. And, of course, swans are beautiful and graceful creatures because of the spirit. Eight maids of milking, at the time this song was written, the maids of milking was the lowest of the low and social strata. And uh, and those eight uh, represent the, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers and those persecuted for righteousness sake. That's the eight maids from, obviously, the Sermon on the Mount. The ninth day of Christmas is the nine ladies dancing. And those stand for the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And uh, by the way, the uh, word fruit here is singular. So uh, the fruit has all these characteristics to it in one fruit, so. uh, and then on the 10th day of Christmas, 10 lords are leaping. Well, you can figure out well, what that is. That's the 10, ten commandments uh, that just jump out at you. <laughs> the 11th day of Christmas, 11 pipers piping. That's the 12 disciples minus who? That's right, Judas. That's 11 of them. So they're the ones who, uh, who piped out the gospel to the world to start out. And finally, 12 drummers drumming. And it's all packaged in the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, anyway, that's uh, what traditionally you could say there are 12, 12 points of doctrine in the Apostles' Creed. And uh, now the, the Roman Catholics take, lay claim to this and they say they, are, they wrote this. But I'm wondering, uh, in, in uh, 1 through 12, there's no mention of the Pope anywhere. So I'm, I doubt if this is a Catholic thing, uh, but that's just me. Okay, that's it, boys. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Ballhagen, is it? And Pastor Berg, thanks for your program.
6: Bye.